0: Hey everyone, welcome to the afternoon, the PM here on Ausbeers on the Eastern Daylight Time, uh, right around the country. Um, live from our guru Studios, you've tuned in to the call, 10 stocks picked by you. I put those stocks to our expert panel. We do it in one hour. Let's bring in the gurus. Howard Coleman. From Team Invest, Howard, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, David. And Nathan Sofesendara from Deep Data Analytics is joining us as well. Nathan, good to have you aboard as usual. Um, Let's take a look at the uh, get straight into it because these two always have a lot of great (laughs) stuff to talk about. Uh, This half hour uh, car group is on the agenda, the rebranded car sales Uh, Obviously got a new marketing team that have come in and said, oh, let's change the name. Uh, Elders, Chuas, Illumina and Bellevue Gold. Uh, Stock of the day, thought we'd take a look at uh, Pacific Smiles. Uh, rejected an unsolicited $223 million takeover proposal from uh, uh, one of its biggest shareholders, Genesis Capital, but has left the door open on a possible compromise. The $1.40 per share bid was lobbed on December 18 after Genesis amassed its stake in the market. Uh, On market rather, the Board of Pacific Smiles acknowledged its share price performance has been disappointing. Uh, But it is confident in the group's prospects, the group which uh, tapped former Farmers health executive Andrew Vidler, uh, a chief executive after the bid, says Genesis's offer is opportunistic and materially undervalues the group. But it is offering Genesis limited access to certain non-public information on a non-exclusive basis to see if it's able to formulate a materially improved proposal. Um, so I suppose the big question is for Pacific Smiles uh, shareholders, Nathan, is um, do you take your money a run at dollar $1.44 uh, because of the big jump up, or do you wait for potentially a higher offer from Genesis?
1: Yeah, no, no management ever says that was a great offer after the share price has fallen apart. Yeah. Um, so it is an opportunistic bit, but you know what do you expect? The if the business is struggling, um, then people will look at the asset. So I think it's great for the shareholders. Finally, some positive news coming out. Um, I think it's an interesting asset. Nobody wants to jump into these kind of businesses when everything is hot and the economy. I mean, the market's running hot on rate cut hope. Um, yeah, don't get me started on that, but that being said, this is not a high growth play. So it's not going to get the interest. So obviously it's come off hard and it is an opportunistic bid that makes sense. Do they want to say, no, not really. They want to keep the support onto the share price so they'll keep them interested, but they want a higher price management needs to get something better. Um, So if you're a shareholder, I'll be holding. Because look, the management gets paid to sit around and do not a lot. So in that context, do they want to give up their jobs? Probably not. So in that context, I think they'll try and fight for a better deal. And when you're in Christmas time, this is when fund managers want to get their share price boosted. It's funny how you get M&A at the end of the year or end of a quarter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this is getting rejected as expected. But this is good for the share price. It'll hold it in the short term. Okay. And I think so you, you'd hold sure. the whole lot because
0: before this bid, it was at a five-year low, the Pacific Smile yeah. share price. Um, yeah. you, you would think if there was no ongoing discussion or Genesis goes after going in and having a look at the books as we've seen previously, nah, I'm not interested, then the share price goes
1: back. It does, but in reality, you've already taken majority of the pain. It's a defensive business. m um, consolidation is potential. I know private equity has been looking this similar kind of businesses for over the right. last six to nine months. So I think that the MA will continue to play in this sector. I actually like this stock for that reason. I just didn't know where the bottom was. Uh, and you never know when the bid comes in. So okay. this is put interest back in that sector. So I think you hold on. I think you've taken the pain. Uh, you might as well write it out and see what happens. Hmm. Howard, what would you be doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, the reason the share price is down to such a low is its earnings are down. You know, the last four years have been pretty disastrous. Before that, it was doing quite well. ROEs collapsed, uh, earnings per shares collapsed.
0: Lockdown wouldn't have helped,
2: would it? No, it it certainly wouldn't. Um, Obviously, that wouldn't help this business. but. You know, it doesn't look good. So sure, as Nathan says, it's an opportunistic bid. Who makes a bid that's over the top? You know, you start with an opportunistic bid and uh, management always says it undervalues the uh, business because as Nathan says, they don't want to lose their jobs. Um, But uh, uh, almost certainly a higher bid will come back in either from Genesis or somebody else a little bit higher. Um, but certainly, if I was a shareholder, I'd be so pleased about this because it would give me an opportunity to get out. But I'd hang on right now with the right. idea of getting out probably a bit higher. The other company that got bought out some years ago that was in the same field was 1 300 Smiles, which was a far better run business. And, uh, you know, Darrell Holmes really ran that for the benefit of shareholders uh, and it proved a terrific wealth winner for our Team Invest members over many years. But it also got bought out, but that got right. bought out at a, at the top at a wonderful price. Yep. So we all did extremely well out of it. Um, this one doesn't look as good, it never did. Right. Um, But uh, if you own it, yeah, hang on a while longer, you'll probably get a slightly better offer. But then say, thank you very much. (laughs) What a lovely Christmas (laughs) present I'm glad I got out.
0: All your Christmases have come at once. Absolutely. You've you've got an
2: exit. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's get on to uh, the first stock that you want us to take a look at. And Nathan Wara wants a view on Car Group, the the rebranded car sales, of course. Uh, the leading online portal for um, uh, not only cars but motorbikes, trucks, caravans, and boats. Uh, it's in Australia, New Zealand, Asia, and the the Americas. Warren says, um, "Is it still expensive despite its cheap PE ratio? I don't own the stock, but admire its success in global markets. Can they? Um, can the panel suggest a price point um, to get a sort of minimum 10% return?" Yeah, uh,
2: you, come in to me, Mathit.
0: Yeah, do you yes. want, hang on, uh, let, let's go first, uh, first to Howard because he'll put it in, in his filters.
2: Well, what will give you a 10% return well, on your... Well, in, in fact, over five years at, at the current share price, um, if it carries on everything the same as it has been, the same growth rate, the same, uh, you know, uh, earnings per share growth, the, the, yep. the same dividend yield, etc it would actually give you a return of significantly more than 10% per annum over the next five years. So, in answer to the question, you could buy it today. Having said that though, um, you know, there have been plenty of opportunities and there will be others, I'm sure, uh, in the next months to get it at a lower PE than it currently is. I mean, it's currently on a PE of uh, 30 something or other. and most years you could get it at a PE in the low uh, low 20s. So even if it yeah. dropped five or 10%, you'd be better off than you are now. But uh, even at the current price, yes, if it carries on growing the way it's been growing and there's no real reason to think it won't, um, you would get more get more than a 10%
1: return over the next five years anyway.
0: Okay. Uh, Nathan, what's your view yeah, on,
1: it, on CASA? It's a tricky one um, because it's a growth stock. Uh, the old growth stocks, Pretty much all the growth stocks have done really well um, in the recent rally, and uh, that's really kicked in for the old uh, tech stocks, the car sales and the real estate. Seek's probably the underperforming out of the three, uh, and for obvious reasons, obviously the economy uh, worries and unemployment risk uh, that's playing into Seek. Uh, but look, car sales is a really well-run business. It's a global business, diversified business, and you know, for all the issues people still need to buy cars, um and that kind of plays quite well um and replacement parts cost they're so high that it's actually people are buying newer cars rather than fixing it i did so that tells you <laughs> how much uh, you know fixing cars cost you nowadays uh, but so i think it holds up um, i think you've got to look at the multiple how well they're doing um it's a good quality business relatively well diversified it's never going to be that cheap um and but the thing that to remember is um you know people always think that techs are somehow resilient to the cycle it's not the tech still sells to consumers and consumers you know by definition are cyclical people when things get tough they buy less and things slow down and that's what the cyclical nature of it and this is a cyclical start so just to remember when the economy slows down car sales will struggle just like everyone else but it'll recover on the, the other side of it so um, how it's right i think you will potentially get it cheaper right now we're assuming everything to be perfect, the markets to be running, rate cuts to be coming through, economy to hold up. Uh, you know Everything works perfectly, which is rarely the case. So when you get economic slowdown, uh, these things will struggle. Growth has dramatically outperformed um, value. And the last time we were around here, rates were like almost zero. Hmm. So I think you've got to be careful buying growth stocks here, unless you're buying it at a decent multiple. So I'm not chasing car sales if you're there. Uh, and you've had a good run then i'm happy for you to hold it because even if it goes down you can ride through the cycle but if you're putting fresh money i'm not putting into car sales right now
2: okay here's And, a question. and in fact i yep. should have perhaps mentioned i do own it which i should have right. said and didn't and i actually added a bit earlier this year at about 23 dollars right um which is a fair bit less than the current share price and if it got back down again to 23 dollars or so again i'd be very happy to add some okay. more but it is a bit expensive, but you would get a 10% return yep. almost certainly over five years.
0: So mate, we've had a great sand in, in October, everyone was heading for the lifeboat saying this is uh, a disaster. Uh, the economy uh, sort of almost peak doom and gloom. We've had a Santa rally, almost a Wendell Santa rallies in uh, in November and December. Um, are you nervous about that? Would you be, would you be Taking profits off the table, um, um, sort of this month, before going away for Christmas.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we saw that uh, last night in the U.S. Um, you got a couple of days before people go away. There's a fair amount of geopolitics. Uh, we've had what the November was a dramatic month because of China outflow going into emerging, I mean, to developed markets, and then we had December where the fund managers in the U.S. um, are defending the market because for them, December year-end is their tax year, performance fees, so they're motivated. So um, is that motivation going to carry into January? Probably not. Uh, Are the estimates of rate cuts, which are double what the Fed is um, projecting, um, likely? Probably not. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty. So the logical thing to do is um, rotate. If you've done really well, if you're, uh, you know, in a stock that's way overpriced because of the overall thematic, well, then maybe it's time to look at cheaper options, better growth stories, a uh, bit more defensive growth stories, those kind of diversification. Right. So yep. we're, we're rotating all the time, and as markets go up, <coughs> even when it goes up more than what we expect, we take advantage of it. Okay, well,
0: let's get into the second stock, and Howard Nathan wants a view on Elders, the big agricultural. Uh, basically, it's an LIC does everything for the agricultural industry yeah, yeah.
2: you know insurance and, and, A whole lot. Seeds real and real estate the lot, lot. Um, you know the, the the problem with agriculture is that it's so outside the control of the companies who are managing it i mean the companies we've looked at up till now like for instance car sales It's got outstanding management, so it does well because its management's better than its competitors. But in the case of Elders, even if the management are better than the competitors, um, it may not rain for a while. Mm. Um, The farmers may have a problem. Um, So, you know, making predictions about what kind of return you can get in a company like Elders is absolutely impossible. Uh, AB gives us predictions of, You know commodities uh, over the next year, and with all these sophisticated models, they're wrong more often than they're right, which is not surprising. So uh, the numbers look reasonable. I mean, its earnings per share is significantly lower than they were a few years ago, so that's not so good. But return on equity is okay, Um, debt's okay, but not the kind of business that we feel comfortable with because it's got no uh, ability for you to make. accurate uh, expectations of what you can get in the yep. future.
0: Okay. Uh, Nathan, um, the food ag thematic has been a favorite of yours over 2023. How do you see elders at, at these levels? It's had a bit of a bounce back.
1: It, it's had a decent bounce. Um, look, it, it started with, as Howard said, you need to trust management. This is a volatile sector, it's a high risk sector, no doubts about it. So you want to enter when it's cheap, and when the market doesn't like it, and when it got below six bucks, <laughs> everyone was out, and the market didn't like it. Everyone had the view that it was going to be hot, and everyone was dumping cattle. Cattle prices were falling. Everything was going downhill, and that makes sense. And a couple of years ago, we had what the highest inflation, and so all the aggregate prices were high. So it, you know, the numbers were great, and people were expecting that to go forever. If you look at the longer term trend of, uh, you know, overall profit. For elders, if you ignore that 22 year where things were extraordinary, it was in trend. So I don't see management has done anything. Obviously when CEO was going to leave, that was a panic and then that led to number of major funds selling out, had the stock price come back hard. We've been in it right through it um, and it's cheap and nobody's there. It's basically you're buying into a sector, the time to buy an agri stock is when nobody wants to touch it and everyone is on one side of the argument, which is it's going to be, you know, drought, everything's going to be too hot and everyone's going to struggle. What we saw was cattle prices have started to bounce in November. Um, the bigger farmers were buying from the smaller farmers because they were willing to take the risk. And now things are recovering. And because a lot of the cattle has been, um, I suppose, chopped up, there isn't a lot of supply. So chances are prices are going to be higher on the other side. Weather uncertainty has created supply side issues, which means you know food prices are going to remain high. So in that context, I think Elders is quite well placed. Management is very good. Uh, we, you know, they've held their CEO. Uh, they're going through the uh, plans. And I think it holds up well. Now the market obviously wants certainty, um, and you know in this sector is not that well certainty. But as the numbers improve, the market will come back. We've seen it run from below six to now nearly eight dollars, and as the numbers improve. The market will keep coming back to it and the stock will run up. So I'm still very positive on the um, agri thematic and the food thematic. And Elders is a great diversified player for that thematic. So we're happy with it. We're sitting through it. Uh, But look, this is not for the faint hearted. It's going to be volatile uh, and you have to ride through it. Would you you
0: buy any of these levels?
1: i'm happy to buy it at these right. levels uh, we've been buying and we continue to buy okay
0: all right our uh next stock uh comes from uh, rod uh howard he wants a view on tues which is the uh singaporean uh telco that had um sort of links to tpg
2: um yeah david shared, Teo is. shared founders yep, yep. Uh, david tio started it and uh um you know its metrics look terrible Uh, It's been going only a few years, hasn't made a profit yet. If you're investing in it, you'd only be doing so because you absolutely back David Teo, because there's nothing about its metrics that suggest it would be uh, a successful business at this stage. Now, um, you know, what you'd like to see is that the uh, earnings were starting to be positive, but they haven't got there yet. The losses are shrinking, so it suggests they will probably get there. David Teo is such a brilliant executive that you'd think it would, but... Well, that, you know, that,
0: that chart looks as though he's got a lot of fans. Uh, obviously, he's <laughs> definitely Dollar got a lot of fans. I, I, yeah.
2: I'm a fan of his, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah, and I met him a number of times and remained a fan. But I think in the end, you've got to say it to yourself, in your portfolio, how many stocks do you really want? And if you only want 20 or 30, you want the 20 to 30 very, very best businesses on the stock exchange. Not the ones that you have to figure out what's going to happen in the industry and will it change like this and will it change like that and will the reserve bank do this and will the reserve bank do that and will it rain and will it not rain you want to own shares in companies that no matter what happens out there they are going to perform well for you over the years that's mm. buffett's whole philosophy it's our whole philosophy in team invest and while i've got an immense admiration for team, uh, david Teo. This one isn't there yet. Yep. So I'm quite happy to wait. And when it starts like it's looking like that and I can genuinely say it'd be one of the 20 or 30 best stocks I could own, then I'd be very happy from right. a
1: team invest point of view.
0: Okay. Nathan, what do you think of T- T- US?
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised how it went after this one. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, um, you know, I think uh, with algo trading coming in, uh, stocks that can prove themselves to be that good, you're know, never gonna get it cheap unless there's something wrong. So it's a tricky balance that you have to go through. Um, he, as far as tours, him said, um, David Teo has fans everywhere. <laughs> I know when Gaurav starts talking about David Teo, his eyes light up. Right. So I, 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 I know he, he, he took a few hits at TPG holding on too long. Um, and I can understand that. He is a smart guy. He runs a really good business. What the concept of TPG interestingly enough i think that the latest player that looks very much like tpg in the early days is aussie broadband and they've they've been doing relatively well so again something to look at Uh, we like the sector i think the telco sector is interesting we like number of stocks aussie broadband is one we've been in telstra for a while we've been there since 275 i still think it's cheap um i think the brokers will upgrade to 450 level and i think it'll hold up well in this economy no matter what the cycle is because if you think about what you believe in AI or technology, whatever you need the infrastructure. And the, the you know, given the problems that Optus have recently had, and you remember all the problems that vodafone used to have, yeah. Telstra still proves to be the the best player. So I think Telstra holds up well. To us, I think it's really tough. Singapore market is really competitive, um, and it, you know you need to really understand the regulatory um, I suppose cycle, how things play out, and it's a really competitive space. So I would not be jumping in it when you're buying the growth story in a telco space where there's a lot of risk. I think you can play through the bigger player like Telstra. And if you want a growth player, then look at Aussie broadband. Okay.
0: All right. Um, next stock, uh, Nathan, um, Valerie wants a view on Illumina. Uh, all it does is hold a 40% stake in Alcoa, the world's biggest uh, uh, bauxite miner and aluminium producer. It's It's... As Daterra is a royalty play for one of BHP's iron ore mines, this is sort of a similar sort of business, isn't it? Um, yeah. But in Adiominium.
1: Yeah, it's one of the great check check writers. Yeah. Uh, they send you dividends. That's pretty much what they do. Um, yeah, look, it's a, the the biggest, look, it's been smashed uh, initially because of the dynamics in the sector um, and then the cost side of things. Um, and then you had the last bit where um, you got the regulatory risk of uh, will you know will they get approval to uh, in Western Australia <laughs> now they've had a bit of a reprieve from from that from the government it's not a complete clean cut but it gives buys them time um, and it's had a bit of a bounce on the back of that interestingly it was bouncing before that so I'm not saying someone new someone new mm-hmm. uh, but in saying that I think it's not bad um, it's one where I am looking at beaten up mining stocks, um, especially the diversified players because there are some that's getting absolutely touched up and, and I think worthwhile looking at. Um, there was a period where every man and his dog was long mining stocks um, and I think that's kind of come off a bit uh, in sentiment. So I think it's worthwhile looking. I would put this in the nibble category. Mm-hmm. You're not completely um, off the, uh, I suppose the risk category yet. I think still the regulatory side of things can go against you and that could be a bit of a big hit. So I think you gotta be careful, but look, it's really expensive to build another, um, I guess, replace the assets. So in that context, I think it holds up. And what we're seeing from governments in recent times is they're defending um, critical mineral mm. materials, you know, all those areas. So I don't think they're gonna go against these guys, but look, you never know. So in that context, you have gotta manage the risk that you don't understand. So I think you've got to be careful i wouldn't go all in i'll take a small bite and okay. gradually add over time and if you get the you know approval um on, on that side then you jump in okay and even if you pay 10 percent, 20 percent more it doesn't matter
0: okay so it's certainly been beaten up over over the last five years has not it uh howard any interest in alumina
1: no not really because
2: again i mean it would never class as a business as being one of the 20 or 30 business best businesses and it's got a very big problem aluminium is really indirectly solidified electricity that's what it really is it uses an immense amount of electricity to create aluminium now when we were comfortable doing that with coal and with uh, uh, gas and with oil uh, that was fine but the world now isn't and in fact we have a government here that's taken three of our biggest exports and said we won't export them anymore that's a bit like a shopkeepers saying my three biggest selling profits that make uh, products that make me the most money in my store, I'm not going to stock them anymore. I'm no. going to run my business without them. I mean, it's just plain dumb. Um, if aluminium is going to be successful in WA or anywhere else and they earn royalties from other places too, what are they going to do about the electricity generation? It can only come from uh, for something like aluminium, it's either hydro Or nuclear um, because if you're not going to use coal oil and gas you couldn't possibly run an aluminium plant of wind and solar Mm. it's just a joke yeah so uh, too much risk in it and again as as I keep saying from a team invest perspective we want to own a small number of companies that we can be very very confident about the future and in this one yeah they've got great assets But who knows, COP29 or 30 may decide that instead of coal and gas and oil, it doesn't want aluminium anymore, never mind that the world needs it. Uh, Tough, can't have it, you know, and that could be... uh, And Bowen, of course, (laughs) would sign up like a shot. Yep. Okay. We...
0: uh, some shots were fired at Chris Bowen yesterday here on the panel as well. So, uh, okay. um, yes, he's becoming a big target. Uh, next stock, uh, Nick wants a view, Nathan, on Bellevue Gold, Gold Exploration Company, Verge of producing um, in uh, in WA. Company claims one of the highest grade gold discoveries in the world. Um, and who's it? Oh, Bill has been. Uh, uh, this is the favourite gold stock of um, of of uh, Bill Direct.
1: What do you think of it? Oh, look, you had me at gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything else is a bonus. Um, look, I think the gold stocks have done quite well. Um, it's been, I think, the best performing sector um, in the last 12 months, I think, from memory. Yeah. Um, so all gold stocks have done well. You didn't have to go down this um, chain. You could have gone to the big players. I mean, Northern Star has done... Um, 36% in the last two months, I think, from memory. So gold stocks have done really well. And spot gold is near, I mean, it's over $2,000. It broke all time high and then it pulled back, I suspect we're going to keep going higher. I mean, we've got to a point where the Fed has pivoted. Um, That puts the gold, uh, spot gold in the sweet spot. Um, I think US dollar uh, struggles to hold here without the rate hikes and yields have come off dramatically. So. As US dollar rolls over, gold goes higher. So we'll probably go back closer to that uh, peak that we saw, um, I suppose, in the last month. So um, I think gold does quite well. So on the flip side of that is Aussie gold miners. You don't have a regulatory, I mean, sovereign risk, Um, you know, some of the other countries you could lose your mind, literally. Um, So Aussie gold miners look good. We've been in a number of them. Um, I think the best performers have been West Gold. Gold Road Northern Star um, the market does not like anyone buying assets so everyone who's done MA got smacked so Regis um, uh, Silver Lake and Evolution got hit a bit mm-hmm. but they're now re- rebounding hard and the market is going back to them because of the value trade so the overall sector is doing well View gold is good um, it's a it's been a fan favorite for a number of years for high net worth uh, investors and it's now becoming a big index player going to production, that's another kicker. So I think it does well, I'm happy to hold it. Um, we've been in other bigger players, or uh, producers for a while, so we haven't had the need to change. But I think the gold sector is in a, a pretty good thematic. I think the cycle is very positive. I think over the next year or so, we, we're gonna see a, a decent run in the sector, and the market is underweight. Um, and Aussie, Aussie fund managers don't really buy gold miners that much because yeah. of the volatility. So. Uh, That's, again, another opportunity, because by the time they buy, the stock runs.
2: All right. Howard? Yeah, I mean, uh, they've issued more than a billion new shares in the last 10 years. Mm. So in other words, they've been really good at telling their story and raising money from people who are happy to part with their money. Now in South Africa, where I grew up, um, they used to joke that new gold mines were sort of a liar with a hole. Um, These people have actually got really good grade reserves, as Nathan pointed out. I think you pointed out as well. Um, The the grade of their reserves is superb, but it's only a 10 year mine life. Right. So you're going to have to get back all the money that you put into this business in 10 years, uh, unless they find some other gold sources somewhere else. That's not all that promising. Secondly, as I say, they haven't yet got to the stage where they're cash positive, so they've already raised over a, or raised money by selling over a billion shares in the last ten years. The chances are they're going to have to do another capital raising or two before they actually become cash flow positive. Now they pointed out that they've going to have free cash flow over the ten years of about two point one billion but the market cap's about 1.9 billion. So you've got to spend the equivalent of 1.9 billion today to have a good chance of getting perhaps, assuming they're right, and nothing goes wrong in between, 2.1 billion back sometime over the next 10 years. Doesn't sound terribly logical to me. Now, um, you know, gold has always looked at, I've mentioned this before, as a hedge against inflation. And Nathan pointed out uh, last time we were on together, that the gold price is up 53 times. in I can't remember, Nathan, if it was 40 years or 50 years. But anyway, was it was 53 years. How many years? 53. 53. 53, Which is very impressive. But CSL listed in 1994 is a terrific company. It's up 115 times in 29 years. And it's paid dividends along the way. Right. So it's done more than double the growth if you were looking for a hedge against inflation. As gold. One of the problems is the gold doesn't pay dividends. Now, Bellevue may one day pay a dividend, one assumes yep. it will, but not the kind of thing Team Invest members would look at. We, we look for more surety in our, in our 15 50. to 20% return we're looking for.
0: Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, <laughs> yeah. first five stocks. Stock of the day, Pacific Smiles, uh, with the, the takeover approach from Genesis, uh, a hold from both Nathan and Howard. Um, car group, car sales, uh, viewer wanted to know whether you get a 10% return. Um, Howard says yes at these levels, but would prefer if you're going to get into you'll get your 10% at these prices. But if it comes back on weakness, that's a, a better time to buy, and it invariably does on the cycle. Uh, Nathan has a hold on it, and uh, also waiting for it to come back. Good business. Uh, Elders a buy from Nathan, a no from Howard. Uh, Chewas a no from both. In that uh, Telco space, Mathan uh, prefers Telstra and Aussie broadband. Uh, Illumina, a nibble from Mathan, no from Howard. Uh, Bellevue Gold, a hold from Mathan, no from Howard. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee of which Mathan is part of. And you can watch the December committee meeting uh, on the platform, osbiz.com. And at that meeting, um, they, ResMed, Car Group Car Sale, uh, and John's Ling were among those that were added to the portfolio, taken out, uh, profits taken on Wesfarmers, RPM Global and MA Financial and uh, the market, uh, the portfolio returning about 19% at the moment. Um, in this half hour, we'll be taking a look at Unibail, Radamco, Westfield. Uh, EVT, um, Technology One, Nine Entertainment, and GPT. So um, Peter wants a view, Howard, on Unibar, Radamco, Westfield. Now these are all the Westfield shopping malls overseas. Centre Group has all the Westfield shopping centres here in Australia. Uh, They were split during the the Lowy regime. Um, And about 10% in the UK, 25% in the US shopping malls, uh, they've got one in Paris as well.
2: Uh, what do you think? The yeah, universe? they've got some other, a lot of other what shopping mean? malls as well. And um, on the surface it sounds good, but this company has never really done terribly well. Its return on equity is absolutely anemic. The uh, earnings bounce around and certainly don't look particularly good. Uh, and it's got an enormous amount of debt. Uh, in fact, if its earnings continued at the current rate, without growing, I'm not saying they won't grow, but if they continued at the current rate, it would take them 24.7 years to pay off their debt. Now, uh-huh. that's somewhat frightening when you're in the business of shopping centres, because they need refurbishing every now and then. So it's not as if you've got zero cost <laughs> of refurbishing and improving your shopping centres. So uh, I think the lowes were very smart to get out when they did. Not surprising, they've been pretty smart operators yeah. uh, right throughout. And that should have been a good sign to everybody that this was probably not suit. a good time. Yep. yep.
0: Okay, so not for you. No, for me. Um, Nathan, that uh, one-year chart of Beauty Bar Westfield is probably the chart that highlights most of the Santa rally of the last two months. It's gone <laughs> it's from, dope. look at that, $3.43 uh, to $5.49 <laughs> in two months.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's if every dog was barking um it was a it's a rally on the index level which meant everything was bouncing short covering and you had that run up so everything's bounced there's a fair amount priced in um westfield look it's 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 interesting because i i just had my relatives come down from germany and uh when i when you take them to a uh, shopping mall and you let them walk around they go why do people come here <laughs> and, go, and i go but they spend days here i can't work it out I, I get my teenage daughter to walk them around and i go you know this is what kids do and they're in their 20s they're looking around going but why <laughs> and and it's it's a concept i mean germans love to go apart next to a forest and go walking into the forest so there you go yeah. uh, and i've done it with them it's actually pretty cool uh, but It is is different in different countries. So, you know, I think shopping centers work in some areas, doesn't work in some areas. Um, The thing about property, especially uh, retail REITs, you gotta remember, post-GFC, everyone has to raise money to survive when they go through a down cycle, which dilutes them to buggery. Uh, And property trust or REITs were the only sector to never pass the pre-GFC high. That just mm. tells you how much risk in a down cycle. So these are classic cyclical stocks. This has had a big bounce. There's a fair amount priced in. Uh, my simple answer is no. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and so you you do not take, you buy them when they're bombed out. If you want to take the risk, it's not bombed out. Right. So would you be at
0: multi. would you be selling at these levels?
1: Yeah. Take advantage. Sell. Move to. You got to remember when you're in this cycle and economy is going to be tough. You've got to look for tough growth stocks that can get through the cycle. You know, as we were talking about before, someone like a Telstra is going to go through the cycle and still deliver good returns. And so big growth, massive monsters that dominate a sector and can go through a tough economic cycle are going to come in favor. So you want to be in the ones that can do that compared to the ones that are going to take the downswing in a cyclical slowdown. So this is gonna take a downswing in the economic slowdown. All right,
0: okay. Um, Adam wants a view, Howard, on EVT, the old uh, event hospitality and entertainment, um, uh, event cinemas, Greater Union cinemas, Ridges Hotels, QT Hotels. They own Threadbow, Alpine Village as well. So, very much in the entertainment and tourism industry.
2: Sure. And just a quick comment first on the economy. I mean, obviously, predicting the future is always tough, and you get it wrong as often as you get it right, even if you're doing okay. Um, But we won't, it's highly unlikely that we will have a recession in Australia while we export more than we import because more money's coming into the country than going out. And if more money comes into your household, than goes out, you don't experience it. Now, some people will experience a recession, those who have mortgages, particularly if there's another interest rate rise in February. But for everybody who uh, is borrowing, there's another one who's got money in the bank, who's now got more yeah. money to spend. So I think the at this stage, while our exports are going so well, and if Bowen doesn't screw it up even more, um, our danger of a recession is not as high as most people are predicting. Yeah. Coming on to Event Cinemas... Um,
0: and it helps having 500,000 new customers.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> with, with
0: migration. Absolutely. Yep.
2: absolutely. Yep. Um, e- event? Event, um, it, it, its metrics don't look good. I mean, its return on equity for the last five years has not made 10%, which is our minimum return. Before that, it's scraped in at a bit over 10%, so you could maybe blame COVID for it dropping a bit, but it was never that exciting to start with. Earnings per share haven't really moved over 10 years. They're about the same as they were uh, nine years ago, long before COVID. Uh, Debts fairly high. So all the things that we would look at from a team invest perspective, we'd go, no, 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 let's look at something else. Yeah. Do we have a yes from you, Nathan?
1: I think Event Hospitality has been around for 150-odd years, yes. I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are phenomenal asset managers back in the day. Um, I, I think it's, look, it's a really good, interesting business, has really good assets, uh, but it's not a growth play. I don't think they're going to suddenly grow. They they play with the cyclical nature of the economy, um, and they're a, a decent yield play. Uh, the problem with yield plays, when bond yields are, higher than your yield play, it's not a yield play anymore. Mm. Um, so you can buy the US government, uh, which guarantees you, you know, nearly 4% even now, um, compared to what you're getting out of event, doesn't make sense to me. So what are you buying it for? Um, I don't think they're gonna do any dramatic growth story. So the valuation is relatively full. Um, so unless it comes back and your yields improve, it doesn't make sense to me. So I think it's a great business, I just don't wanna be there. Um, to a Howard's point about slowdown, um, Australia has been phenomenally well because China has bailed us out for 30 odd years um, and you're right we dig stuff up and give it to them but I tell you this um, whenever central banks start talking about rate cuts it's not good mm. it's slowed down but Australia will do better than the rest that doesn't mean that we're going to do really well because the rest look pretty shonky yeah <laughs>
0: um, alright so I know on E V T Adam says uh, they've got a a fully frank uh, dividend. But uh, as Nathan was saying, the yield is pretty average. So you don't want to, there are much <coughs> better yield plays out there than event if that's what you're after. Uh, Matthew wants to view Nathan on technology one. It, does this tick your growth boxes? One of the, uh, the largest Australian listed software companies um, around, um, operates in six countries. Um, clients are mainly... Public service and the big end of town a governments and
1: yeah, and uh, look, big it's, corporates. it's it's one that's probably outperformed most people's expectations. Um, you know, if you're looking at it over the next um, number of years, you know, next decade, no one's going to pay as much as the government. So anyone who's linked to the government uh, purse is going to do better than most. So technology one is a very good business model, but you can see over the last six months, it's pretty much traded sideways. It's not cheap. Mm. Um, for what it is and they're going outside their comfort zone they're going into other regions um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be as effective in other regions so the risk is higher. so this is why you pay the premium for the car sales and the real estate because they you know they do well around the world they've got track record of doing well around the world. Australian businesses generally don't do that well when they go overseas. So I think there is a certain question being asked of technology one it's done well. It's in that consolidation phase where the market wants to see them actually deliver, and I think it's going to be a tricky. Question: um, It could go both ways. I'm not 100% sure they're going to do, they're going to execute as well. So I'm not one taking the risk at this price. So I would actually, if you're there and you've had the run-up, then I think it's okay. I think you you're willing to take a bit of a hit to see if they execute. Um, so you might hold, but fresh money, I I'd wait to see how the numbers play out. I'm not rushing in. Um, it's an interesting one. All Remember, all tech stocks, because of the growth outperformance, have done really well. So, you, you know, tech has technology one has pretty much gone sideways in a cycle where growth has dramatically outperformed over the last two months. Um, so, that kind of tells you that the market is starting to worry. Um, and so, it's a fair yeah. point. So, I would say, wait for the next set of numbers before jumping in. Um, you're not paying cheap multiples, so the, there is risk in this trade. Okay, so can can the tech boom
0: last? You know, the Ordinates of the world and things like that. Um, another favorite of Gorab's, do you, yeah, you start got, lightning there?
1: Yeah, so look, Altium and Ordinate, they probably might talk to um, what what I call platform tech stocks. Uh, they have ability to grow within their own business. Zero is another one, but it's probably not as good, but I think they are very good. It's an easy Zealand stock. Um, so I think they're good, but I would be lightening some of the tech stocks because growth stocks have dramatically outperformed. Interest yeah. rates are high, bond yields have come off, but they're not going to collapse. I mean, unless we get another pandemic, which I doubt is going to happen. Uh, but then again, we've said that before. Um, so <laughs> in context, I think bond yields are still yeah. going to remain high. I think interest rates are going to remain high relatively for a, a long period of time. We're going to go through some deleveraging cycle um, because we can't keep doing what we've been doing for forever, um, so in that context, growth stocks can't keep running, so the multiples will have to come off. They're high growth, high multiple stocks, so it makes sense to take mm. some off the table and diversify into other growth stocks that have been beaten up and haven't done so well. So, yep. you know, we're diversifying around that. Okay, Howard. Yeah, I think
2: of Tech One. How does what, it come up on the filters? Well, to start with, I've owned it for about 15 years, right. so. Uh, I've done incredibly well out of it. I bought it at my first uh, entry into it. I paid exactly a dollar. And then I thought I'd be clever. And I put in my next order at 98 cents, thinking that way I'll average out at under a dollar at 99 cents. I never got that. So my average is more (laughs) than a dollar. But my my first buy into it was a dollar. And I've owned it throughout. And I followed this company all the way along. It's a growth company. It's not a growth stock it's a growth company because it's grown its earnings per share round about 14% per year for something like 25 years. And it hardly ever has a year in which it grows at less than 11 and it hardly ever has a year when Mm. it grows at more than about 16. It's in that range of 13 and 14 year after year after year after year. And it's now doing the same in its UK business. So, um, if you look at it, it growing at something like 13-14%, it doubles its earnings every five years. So it's not surprising that assuming the PE ratio doesn't go nuts, it doubles its share price every five years. Right. At the moment, though, as Nathan points out, it's quite expensive. Yeah. So I wouldn't be buying any TNE now. But TNE during this year has got down to P, PE of as low as 43. It's currently well over 50. Every year prior to this year, it's got down to a PE of less than 35. So when it's on a PE of th- so less than 30 year, 35, there's every a buying year, opportunity. every single solitary year for over 20 years, it's been on a PE at some stage during the year of like under 35. Right. That's the time to buy it. Right. So brilliant business, exceptionally well run, but you don't want to buy it when it's on a PE right. of 50. Uh, but you're still a very happy owner. Oh, extremely. <laughs> so, it, it, I wish I could find others like this. You know, it's all very right. really well to say, well, shouldn't you sell it then if it's very high? Yes, if I could find an equivalent business on a lower PE, I would. Yeah. But there's so few real wealth winners. When you get one, you want to hang on to them forever, like my CSL, which yep. I've owned for over 20 years. Yeah. 25 years, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next stock, uh, Howard Simon wants a view on Nine Entertainment. Uh the big media and entertainment group, television, radio, streaming service, newspapers, City Morning Herald, The Age, Financial Review, Stan Streaming as well, um, 2GB, uh, Quarry Network in terms of radio, 3AW in Melbourne, uh, and uh, Domain. They have a big stake in the real estate portal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love it that these kind of businesses exist because it's terrific. Our life would be nowhere near as interesting or as informed if we didn't have all these media companies. The trouble is they don't make much money for shareholders. And that's really the problem. So I'm really pleased they exist, but their average return on equity over the past 10 years has been pretty low. It's actually looked quite good for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So it is heading in the right direction. Earnings per share has really gone nowhere for 10 years. Um, uh, debt's okay, so um, a lot little high, but all right, uh, so not a bad business to be invested in but it certainly wouldn't come into the top 20 or 30 or possibly even the top 50 or 60 right. if you're looking on the ASX. So Team Invest members would look at it and say well oh, it doesn't look too bad but now we can put our money yeah. somewhere better.
0: Uh, Nathan, uh, that had that is a sideways movement for a, a year and a half, isn't it? Uh, share price done not much, but I, when I was was going through it, um, simply Wall Street, right? the uh, the algorithm that assesses the financials, and uh, I think Yahoo! Finances uses it, uh, says that on a free cash flow to equity basis, uh, Nine's fair value is four dollars and one. Um, and reckons it's fifty percent undervalued at the current price of two dollars
1: and two. <laughs> only the oh, market I take it actually... they buying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If only the market moved on fundamentals, I'd be a billionaire.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's how
2: Warren Buffett got to be a billionaire because in the long term, (laughs) the market does move on fundamentals. (laughs) It just doesn't in the short term.
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, not not in the last thirty years. Um, It does in the long term, even in the last thirty
2: years. Um, It just doesn't do it in the short term.
1: What about nine, Raven? yeah, nine is a, a look we were in it uh we were in the um, media sector uh, actually the best performer is o media because it's outdoor media it's it actually has growth better than the systematic growth so in that context it's out of bounds I think it's done about 50 percent in the last I don't know six months or something uh so o media has been the best performer out of the media stocks nine is the the I guess the Telstra of the media sector it's you know, consolidation side of things, it's worked out, it's everything from streaming to online to radio, every asset player, um, it's got a piece of. And that kind of plays to the classic play of what do you think of the economy? So you know, all said and done, investors are telling you through nine share price that the economy is going sideways and they're not jumping in and buying it. If We were in it, we got out around, I think it's bounced to 220 about three or four times in the last 12 to 15 months, and we got out on one of those bounces. Uh, mainly because when the RBA started to say we're not going to hike anymore, we are holding, bad news because the RBA, whenever they flip, all central banks, when they flip, they're seeing weaker economic numbers. Uh, they know much deeper data and when they start to talk that, it's bad news. It's the same as the Fed. Hmm. So we got out of cyclicals, we have reduced our cyclicals, we have looked at defensive plays. So for me, nine is a great play when the, the economy bottoms out and you start to see growth returning. Um, at the moment, I think there's still risk in the economy. I don't think we're going to go into recession. Um, I think there's other parts of the world that are going to go into recession, but we will slow down because we are a play on global growth. Yep. So, in that context, I think nine struggles, and I don't think you need to be there right now, but you should have it on your shopping list because when things um, clear out and when things start to recover gradually, and it's not going to be, um, you know, interest rate cut, debt driven recovery, so- we're going to have some. Okay. You know, clean cut and then we recover. This will be one of the plays to buy.
0: Okay. All right. Our final stock, Nathan Lees wants a view on Australia's first listed property trust. Back in 1971, Dick Dusseldorp, uh, the founder of Lend Lease, launched GPT into the market. Um, Funds under management, about 19 billion. It's in everything, retail, office space, the whole lot. What do you reckon of GPT?
1: Well, it's bounced about 50% in the last two months. So if you've been there, you've done well, take your money. Uh, and that's like the KFC ad, take my money. Um, so in that context, I think you take your money and go somewhere else. Uh. We've actually played the lend lease. Lend lease has been smashed. It's a basically like a dog and it bounced and it's had a good bounce as well. So everything in that construction property sector has bounced. I'll give you one stat. The US uh, Dow Jones Construction Index. Uh, that has bounced about 100% from the pre-pandemic high. So Jeez. you can just imagine how much, it bounced 40% in the last two months. <laughs> so you're talking about there's a fair amount of optimism in this bounce that's been priced into the construction, property, read cycle. So just be careful here, take advantage of other people's greed, and you know manage your risk. So depending on your portfolio, I think you know if you've been through it then you're willing to sit through the hike i'm not putting fresh money in that sector but if you if you are willing to re-adjust your portfolio this is a good time to take some money off some of these sectors where they've had Mm. dramatic bounds without the fundamentals improving too much howard
2: yeah i mean it's return on equity has been around five percent a year most years for the last 10 years now return on equity puts a cap on the return you can get in the long term so if a company can only earn 5% on the money invested in the company, you're not going to earn more than 5% in the long term. You may occasionally in the short term mm. because the market moves up or down. But in the long term, you're not going to make more than 5%. So uh, definitely not exciting. Not and I think Nathan's advice is if you happen to be in it right now, <laughs> take your money and run, I think is a very good advice. It's not yeah. that the company going to go broke. It's nah. just that... You know, that's a terrific opportunity to get some extra money. Yep.
0: All right. Let's recap the final five stocks Unibail, a uh, sell from Nathan, a no from Howard, EBT, a no from both, Technology One, a hold from both, Nine, a no from both, and GPT, uh, a no from Howard, and um, agrees with Nathan that. Um, done pretty well in the last two months. It may be time to take some money off the table there. Uh, Nathan Soverson-Darham <laughs> from Deep Data Analytics. Uh, mate, thank you for all what you've done this year. Um, loved to have you on the call. Have a great Christmas. New Year, see you in 2024. You too, Goshen. Cheers, you, uh, and have a comment from Team Invest. Likewise, it's been a lot of fun. Um, a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And see you next year as well. And now if you'd like us to cover any stocks that you're interested in, um, list them on osbizco slash corpix. Add comments, add questions to them that we can put to the panel. That's always a lot of fun. Or tweet us on X uh, using at osbiztv. Stick around. The pulse is next.